welcome in to the week eight edition of the Playbook Pundits Coaching Show podcast right here on SiouxCityJournal.com and wherever you find your podcasts. My name is Zach James. I'm the sports editor at the Sioux City Journal, and we've got a good show for you this week as we have two college football coaches for you to listen to. We'll start off with Morningside coach Steve Ryan as they prepare for the rivalry game against Briar Cliff, and then we'll head over to Wayne, Nebraska to talk to Wayne State coach John McMenamin as they're off to a really good start this season, a 5-1 start no less, as they have beaten two ranked teams this season. Sit back, relax for the next 20 minutes, and listen to Steve Ryan and John McMenamin right here on the Playbook Pundits Coaches Show right here at SiouxCityJournal.com. Let's start off with the coach right here in town. That's Morningside Steve Ryan as they get ready to face Briar Cliff at Memorial Field at 1 o'clock. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff between the Mustangs and the Chargers. But I started off the interview with going back to last week's big win against Hastings and Anthony Sims having a big game last week, having six rushing touchdowns. That's a new school record, breaking Brandon Rager's record of five I started off the interview by asking, does it ever get old seeing running backs, quarterbacks, any skill player for that matter, break old records? It, it really doesn't. And, um, you know, the old saying is, you know, records are made to be broken. And, and uh, you know, Anthony's a fantastic back. And the fact he breaks the record in, in no way says he's a better back than, than Brandon, that, that would be extremely difficult to be. But. Um, but it, but it's still special. He's still a great teammate. His teammates were really pulling for him and excited for him. And, and, uh, he really did have an amazing game, you know, with six touchdowns. And I want to say at least three of them were 50 yard runs that I can think of off the top of my head. So, um, it's a true credit to him and, and the way he prepared for the game and just how he continues to get better. Now, I know that I would call it itself tight end you. Would would it be fair to say Morningside is kind of a, a running back you in the, at the NAIA level? Huh. That's, that's interesting to say. And I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, although, you know, and you just, you, you know, you just going back to Wagger, you go, you have Wagger and then Tyler Caban and then AP Ponder and then, you know, Bubba Jenkins was in there for one year where he rushed for 2,100 yards. Um, all of them were outstanding running backs, but um, they also all played with outstanding quarterbacks. You know, every quarterback in there, you know, in terms of Kaz and Trent, you know, were all Americans. And then you, you throw in there guys like Connor Niles and Devin Thomas and, um, you know, now Reed and AJ. You, there's always outstanding receivers. So I've been blessed to just have some you know, outstanding players on there. And I think that's part of what helps, you know, the running backs is um, good quarterbacks and good receivers and good old linemen. You know, it's a whole team. How would you compare to the execution of the run game this year as a whole to maybe in the last couple of years? Uh, you know, I, I I think, you know, the last couple of years, if you, especially if you look at 18 and 19, you know, I felt that the running game was, you know, that we, we ran the ball very well and we were able to do both things. And we've just kind of really been able to, um, you know, put people off balance that, you know, they can't just focus on stopping the pass or stopping the run. Um, so, um, you know, I do think um, we are running the ball really well right now. A lot of it has to do with our offensive line, the way they're playing. But 
Um, you know, those last couple of years with AP Ponter at tailback, um, you know, he was a very dynamic running back and, uh, and we did run the ball really well, but, uh, but right now we're running the ball well and hopefully we can keep doing that. So let me ask this then, how well has the offensive line executed this year and have they executed at a higher level than maybe the last couple of years? Um, you know, that, that sometimes that's hard, hard to say just kind of where they're at. I, I do think at the end of 2019 and in the spring there of the 2020 season, our offensive line played extremely well and was playing at a really high level. And I don't know if we're quite at that point yet, but we don't necessarily need to be or expect to be. You know, we've only played five games this season. But I do think as we've gone through this year, they've they've gotten better. In terms of coming up this week, Briarcliff, big game, big, big rivalry game. I know how much focus and attention that you guys, that the guys take to this game. Uh, talk to me about kind of the history of this rivalry and, and what your, your perspective is on the rivalry between Morningside and Briarcliff. Well, um, you know, you know some of the some of the things that have gone on. I, I do think it's it's been you know many years a very competitive game, and um, there's a lot that goes into being in cross town rivalries. And you know, both teams in the schools and the people are familiar with each other, and um, and, and I think that's a big part of things. Uh, I do think you know when it all kind of started, we were uh, a little bit ahead of Briarcliff and. Obviously, that's been a real benefit for us. But um, you know, we, put, we, we went out and got that saddle and just did try to create some interest in town in terms of football. And I, I don't know how it affects Barcliff, but our guys get fired up about the saddle and the battle for the saddle and and kind of what that means. And you know, we 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 show the saddle around a little bit. So um, you know, Barcliff hasn't played football for that many years, and, and Morningside's been in the NAI for twenty years. So in many ways, it's a young rivalry, but. It's definitely a good one. The program kind of christens itself as a it's a quote unquote new program with under new coach Shane Vadehi. Uh, what do we what do you see on film that that you like out of Briarcliff's defense? Especially, I think their defense is playing much better than their than on the offensive side. And, and I think you've said in the last couple of years when we talked during Briarcliff week that you've been impressed by their defense. I have. I think they've got some nice football players and. Um, you know, um, I think they have some really, I think they have some really good young, talented players, and you know, how they come together over the course of four, the course of the next four years is really up to them. And obviously, I have no impact on that. But I right. do, I think they've got a nice core group of wide receivers, and they're playing a freshman quarterback, and uh, some of their defensive backs are outstanding football players. You know, for freshmen, so. They've got a good young core there. If they can hold them together, um, I think the future's bright for them. What do you see on film about the Chargers' offense? Yeah, I think they've they've kind of gone through some some up, ups and downs. You know, you know, just in terms of health. But you know, the main thing is they've got a they've got a good young quarterback, um, and they've got a, some really nice freshman receivers, and they've got a good re- receiving core. So. They have that to build around, and, and uh, they've got a couple freshman receivers that can make big plays on you if you don't if you don't always know where they're at and, and cover them. All right, good enough. That's Morningside coach Steve Ryan uh, in advance of the Briar Cliff game coming up this week at Memorial Field. Steve, thanks for the time. Thanks, Zach. 
Thanks to Morningside Coach Steve Ryan for taking a little bit of time out of his busy schedule to chat with us. Now we'll shift over to Wayne to talk to Wildcats coach John McMenamin. The Wildcats are 5-1 so far this season, and like I said in the intro, they've beaten two ranked opponents, Minnesota Duluth and Minnesota State, to get into the Division II Top 25. And I started off by asking him, what it was like to have a football season this year, considering Wayne State didn't have one in 2020. You know, we have a sense of normalcy. You have a routine that you're in. And for the past year and a half, there was there was none of that. There was no routine. There was no uh, sense of normalcy. And it was just it was hard to get in a groove. And for me, being a first-time head coach, I really didn't quite know what that groove was supposed to be. So you just didn't know if you were doing good enough or not. And so now... You know, you get to the summer and workouts start again. There's a season on the horizon, and then we start fall camp, and you get that chaos going. And um, even at your home life, you have, you know, with your with my wife's schedule and the kids' schedule, and you just have that chaotic feeling again, and um, just feels normal. You know, we're comfortable with chaos as coaches, and so it's good to be back in that and just have a schedule and have some games that we're playing, and you know, just see our kids kids have a little success and you know, reap the benefits from, you know, what they've been doing the past year and a half. When did you start to feel that groove that you were talking about? Um, really, it was in fall camp. You know, we went through spring ball, and that was good. And we had some kids that, you know, didn't practice in the spring. And then, you know, we did a scrimmage, you know, uh, a couple scrimmages late spring. And, you know, they're just scrimmages, but we competed, you know, and you're right. like, okay, you know, we, we feel like we can hang with these guys. And uh, that was something our kids needed to feel, not necessarily as coaches. I felt it and we preach it, but your kids got to believe it, you know, even more. And so I think that helped. And then, you know, we got in fall camp and you just see the kids took another step forward and, you know, their work ethic and uh, what their passion was like. And so I was excited, you know, we were, I didn't know what, what it mean, but I knew we'd play hard and the kids would be confident. Right. And, um, you know, the ball's bounced our way, you know, a few times and we're off to a good start. So, uh, you know, we just hope that trend continues. Did you expect for the guys to kind of have a, uh, an extra sense of urgency considering there wasn't a season last year, like they were going to not take the season for granted? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I had zero doubt that they would. They just – you just put in too much work, too much time to go a whole year and a half and not play games, to not take it serious, not have a ring of vigor and just make every day count. And it's just too bad that you had to miss a year for that to happen. But um, I think our kids really absorbed all that. And then, you know, when they got the chance to play, they're taking advantage of it. And practices have been great. Um, the chemistry has been great. And they've really just been, I think, almost it's, it's helped camaraderie more than anything, you know. It's, yeah that sense of brotherhood has gotten even better just because they've been around the same group for so long and, and everybody's going through the same problems together. So um, it's been a really team first mentality. And I think that's a huge part of it. Walk, walk me through the you Mary game, your first game, first game back after the pandemic um, coming out with a win, but were you surprised? Were you, were you shocked? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, were you surprised at how well the guys had played, given that they hadn't played a football game in basically yeah, a year and a half? Great question. Um, a lot of anxiety before the game. Was, sure. You, know, you knew you knew they'd be prepared. Um, you knew they were ready to play. But until 
you know, it's a night game until the lights come on and you're in those scenarios. There's always, you know, a handful of players that play better when, when the game's on the line, when the lights come on. And there's a few that shrink up, don't play as good. And so, um, you don't know that until the game starts. So you're really worried about, you know, who are those guys that might not be gamers, you know, and you hope they're not at an important position. You know, they're all important, but you hope it's none of your, you know, obviously you don't want your quarterback to be one of those or a safety, you know, right. DB, you know, one of those. And they all darn it. They came on and we just really didn't have many that did. They all just like look forward to the spotlight. They look forward to playing. And it was fun to watch. It was just, there was zero doubt, you know, in their minds, they were going to win the game and play well. And, um, I was just pleased as a coach just to see him go out, you know, and do that, you know, take care of the ball and, you know, all three phases, you know, offense, defense, and special teams, you know, play well. It wasn't as consistent as you want, but most games aren't, you know, right. it's going to be, you know, a little bit ugly. And um, I was just really pleased with how hard they played and for each other. So that was cool to see. Did you have any anxiety going to the, into the U-Mary game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, – I was excited, you know, it's your first game and, um, you know, my wife said, you know, make sure to, you know, enjoy your first game. You know, you've worked hard to get there and enjoy it. And, you know, so I took that in, I got my, you know, my son and daughter ran out on the field with me, you know, and that was a special moment for me as well. And then, uh, you just need to get the ball kicked off as going back like when I was a player, you know, your anxiety until you get hit once and then you just, your routine takes over. So, for me, it was just getting the game started, you know, so that there was no more thinking. It was just at that point you're reacting. And once we get to that stage, I thought everything was fine. I usually start asking about offense. I'm going to start with you on defense. The defense is second in, in D2 and with a plus 12 turnover margin and the tie fourth nationally with nine interceptions. What's been the big key for the defense to get those takeaways? Yeah, being opportunistic, um, and they work their tails off at it. You know, it's something that's preached a lot in practice. You know, our defensive coordinator, Scott McLaughlin, talks about it, you know, at nauseum. And then our defensive backs coach, Brian Smith, works with those DBs. I mean, they're the first ones out to practice. They're the last ones uh, to leave. And obviously they started off a little bit slow, but, you know, slowly but surely they're starting to make plays and trust the system and have really made – you know, the most of the opportunities when they come their way. And they're just, they just play hard and they expect to make some plays. And I think that's what helps them. You know, they're, they're never sure when they're going to get one thrown their way. So they got to prep like it's always going to be thrown their way. And, you know, the other part of this is, uh, uh, the defensive line, you know, they're getting some pressure. They're hitting the quarterback. They're making him uncomfortable, giving him different pictures. And so it's really, uh, been a huge team effort, um, and it's, it's young, old, all shapes and sizes doing it. So it's really been fun to watch and see those guys, you know, rocking and rolling. Of those three position groups, which which one of those groups among the linemen, linebackers, and, and secondary have surprised you the most? Oh, the secondary by far. Yeah, secondary's done a great job. I mean, uh, they're the you know, there's a, there's a couple faces that have been there, but there's a couple of new faces, you know, that are there. You know, there's there's two freshmen that are playing a lot of football there um, that have gotten some of these turnovers. You know, Gerald Fly and Jacob Bird, you know, never played college football before. And, um, you know, they're doing a great job there. Um, so that group, along with some returners, you know, Kevin Ransom's really – he's never had an interception, and now he's got two or three. Um, so it's fun to see those guys be ball hawks. Um our D-line returns, you know, there was a lot of veteran leadership there. I expected them to be good. 
and they haven't disappointed. They're playing, you know, at a high level, and uh, that's the key. You got to have a good D line, and you got to have a good quarterback. How nice is it to see the offense just build on drives and, and develop long drives and then convert on them? That's something you preach about. When you get down there, you got to get points. You know, you got to have quick thinking. It's a playmaker's zone. Um, so you got you got to get your guys excited about getting in there. Number one, you know, when you get in the red zone, it's like your eyes should light up and say, "This is." time to score it's time to get my name in the paper and respect that <laughs> and the second thought is then you know you gotta make sure you get points you know let's, let's stay within our bubble you know and do what we do and you know if it's not there it's not there let's you know it's quarterback talk right now let's live to see another day and then um then to have your special teams come out like powders kick so well you know it's just clutch to have those and i think you know we might have missed one in the red zone last week which is the first time um, yet, aside from kneeling the ball, um, pretty darn good job. So I'm excited that those kids, you know, I've been on teams where you get in the red zone and it's, you get stressed out, and yeah. these guys don't do that. They get excited when they get down there. How well has Nick been playing Nick Bone, your quarterback, redshirt freshman, completing 63% of his passes, uh, four TDs, one pick? Uh, is he the surprise of the offense? I know we've talked about the surprise of the defense with the secondary, but is Nick the surprise of the offense? Oh yeah, I mean, hands down. I mean, he uh, he's another one that's never played a college football game, and uh, you know, he really didn't get to start doing anything with us until this, you know, um, the fall camp. So um, he's only going to get better and better and better, you know, the more he plays. But um, you know, Tavian had you know such a good spring and started off so well. You know, I think he had seven, eight touchdowns and only one pick, and um, you know, with Najak, okay, you got a you got a really good backup. And then he gets hurt, and uh, here in comes Nick, and God, he just hasn't looked back. So it's been it's been nice. I'm I'm glad he's here, and um, <laughs> he's done a great job. He's embraced it. I mean, he's just a tough kid. He's just what you want in a quarterback. And um, I'm I've been I don't know that I want to say surprised because we knew he was going to be good. Yeah. You know, you just he just he checks all the boxes as far as work ethic, you know, accountability, competitiveness, practice habits. Uh, you just didn't know I was going to be in the game. He's a freshman, you know. He's he's just a puppy. So, um, you know, his first start, he goes out and he's on the road against a, you know, a perennial power and comes away with a W. That says something for him, you know. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, it, I mean, I think it's going to be a bright future for him. You mentioned Tavius. How receptive was he to? I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a two quarterback system. I'll let you identify it that way. But how receptive was Tavian getting Nick, letting Nick get some snaps? Well, you know, Tavian was fine because he got, you know, he got hurt. He sprained his ankle. Oh, okay. Uh, severely enough, so he couldn't even play the last two weeks. I mean, he's been out, um, you know, with it and has worked himself back to where, you know, he's in a spot where he could probably get in back in and play. But he's been injured, you know, with it. So it wasn't, you know, necessarily a benching or anything like that. It was uh, a necessity from that standpoint. But Tavian's been outstanding. He's been another coach on the sideline i mean he's just he's professional as professional as to be you know with it and really been a great teammate so he's a captain and he's, he's a captain for a reason what do you like out of the rushing game so far um a lot of guys contributing you know it's uh it's been like power numbers type thing there's not a whole bunch of them back there but um you know the first game i thought uh you know both of our backs played well and then when we went up to bemidji um uh, you know, our starting running back got knocked out of the game first series with a concussion. And uh, we had a freshman, Jacob Kaiser, start, played really well, played really well a third game, and then he broke his leg. 
and um, so he's out. And so we're down to our third and fourth guys, and they're performing well. And it's been a little bit, you know, Nick's come in and he's run the ball, and then we've had some receivers, you know, Tristan Ducker, you know, and Taryn Grady that are contributing doing that. So um, I'm really pleased. I mean, we're we're usually getting over 200 yards a game, and if you can run the ball and be physical. Um, that's good, and it starts up front with our old line. I mean, they're um, this is an honorary group up front that plays really hard, and they're physical, and they really want it. So they set the tone every game. I've been I've just been so impl- impressed with what you know Coach Q's done with the old line and how they've played. That um, that's a definite strength of our offense. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Playbook Pundits Coaches Show here on SiouxCityJournal.com and wherever you find your podcasts. As a reminder, check out the live stream coming up on 5 o'clock on Friday. Make sure to come back each and every week so you can hear your favorite coach and see if your team made the podcasts. As a reminder, check out the 5 o'clock live stream. Check out the video cats that we record every Monday and that goes online each Tuesday. And if if you have any suggestions, feel free to give us a shout out at CJ Sports at SiouxCityJournal.com or find us on Twitter at SCJ Sports. For Assistant Sports Editor Shane Lance and the rest of the journal staff, I'm Zach James. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week.